Welcome to The Conscious Investor. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. If you missed the first episode with Brandon Hall, you need to go back. You need to listen to that episode because not only do you get the full introduction on who is Brandon Hall, but you will also get to learn um, how to leverage your tax savings um, and not end up with some crazy liability at the end that scares you to death. Okay. So make sure you go back, listen to that episode. But in this episode right now, we want, I want to speak specifically, Brandon, to real estate agents. Now I have, I have a reason I was raised in residential real estate. Grandpa was a resident, just rockstar residential realtor. Dad was a rockstar residential realtor. I have experience in residential real estate and my husband has happens to be a broker in residential real estate. <laughs> we happen to have ended up with a terrible tax liability and through all of our real estate investments, that's how I, and our experience in residential real estate, that's how I found real estate syndication in larger assets and the benefits of that. But what I notice is that a lot of times real estate agents, they, you know, times are good. They have this influx of income. They're like, woo, they and going back to Oprah. I always go back to Oprah for some reason. They're like, <laughs> yeah, here are the dollars, you know, let's go spend it and play and have fun. Um, and they're not investing strategically. How can um, like real estate syndications or real estate investments really help set these real estate agents up? you know, for success, uh, you know, and so that they're not faced with huge tax liabilities, I should stop and let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing a great job. You know, from, from a wealth planning side, I, I think that anybody should just defer gratification for five years, which sounds like a long time. But um, if, if you defer your gratification, you, you take your money, you invest it, you know, try to invest 50, 60% of your income, which sounds insane. But five years from now, you're going to be really thanking yourself that you did that. It, it, it's amazing what can happen in real estate in five years. And I'll give you a personal example. I, I bought a property, it was a three-unit property uh, back in, I think it was early 2015 for $91,000. It's in Hickory, North Carolina, tertiary market. Nobody's ever heard of it. Cash flow is pretty well. It's like it's $1,600 a month in gross rental income, about $1,000 a month in net I put 35 into it. So we're, we're talking about like a 20% cash on cash return, which is pretty sweet. That's and really just, sweet. Come on, that's really awesome. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, for my first one too. Yeah, so every other investment that I've looked at, I'm like, ah, it's not as good as the first one, which obviously doesn't help you in this. Uh, it doesn't help me in this market. But um, it. I, I asked my broker, uh, the, the broker locally there, what I could sell it for. It's about two months ago. And he said I could sell it for 270. So that's been six years of just hanging out, just rolling the cash right back in, doing some upgrades. And I can effectively triple my money on top of the cash flow. Now, I wish that all of my deals went that well. They did not. But the <laughs> point is, is that if you can, if, like, like that was really early in my career. I, I, I saved everything that I could to buy that property and it's paid off really well. So that's step one. Step two is utilizing the tax code to not pay tax. Um, and real estate agents can certainly do that. The, you, you have an advantage if you're a real estate agent and if you do this smartly. So 
there's two, but as I explained in the first episode that we, we filmed, there's two buckets of income that every single person is earning. There's passive income and there's non-passive income. Those are our two buckets. So even if you're not in real estate, the same rules apply. There's still, there's still two buckets of income. In my non-passive bucket is my W-2 income, my business income, my gain from stock sales, dividends, interest, that type of thing. My passive income bucket includes rental real estate and any business that I'm passively investing in. I use the example of a hair salon where I put up $100,000 for expansion. I'm not part of the day-to-day. I'm not making management decisions. That's a passive investment for me. It's in the passive bucket. So rental real estate by default is in the passive bucket. The problem is, is that passive losses can only offset passive income. Now, what does rental real estate typically do for us? Well, after depreciation, it creates a tax loss. And that tax loss is passive. And it's stuck in that passive bucket because passive losses can only offset passive income. So if I don't have other passive income, the losses get suspended and carried forward into some future point until I can utilize the the losses that I've suspended and carried forward. But it's a big misnomer because people think, oh, I'll buy rental real estate and the tax benefits are great because when it shows a $2,000 tax loss, I can claim it against my W-2 income. That's not how it works. Your W-2 income is in the non-passive bucket. Your rental income is in the passive bucket. And if it generates a loss, it's stuck in the passive bucket. But real estate agents have the ability to recharacterize that rental income, move it out of the passive bucket and move it into the non-passive bucket where their real estate agent business income is. My real estate agent business income is in that non-passive bucket. My rental income is in the passive bucket. And if I do this right, I can move the rental income into the non-passive bucket with my real estate agent business income and my rental losses at that point can offset my business income. To do that, you have to qualify as a real estate professional. Now, when I talk about this with real estate agents and brokers, they go, well, I am a real estate professional. That's not what you put on LinkedIn. This is, <laughs> this is a matter of the, of the internal revenue code. So a real estate professional uh, in the eyes of the internal revenue code is anyone who spends at least 750 hours in a real property trader business and more than half their time in real property trades or businesses. So if I spend... 2,000 hours a year as a real estate agent, I'm going to spend more than half my time as a real estate agent, or said it another way, more time in real estate than anywhere else. I'm going to meet that test. I'm also going to meet the 750-hour test because I spent 2,000 hours. So I'm a real estate professional. Now, what I also have to do is I have to show that I materially participated in my rental real estate activity. So another mistake that a lot of people make is they'll go, well, I'm a full-time flipper, I'm a full-time builder. I'm a full-time property manager. I'm a full-time real estate agent or broker. I'm a real estate professional. And I would say, you're right. You're a real estate professional. And they go, well, why can't I use my rental losses? Because you have to materially participate in your rental activities. They're separate from your real estate business that you're typically getting this real estate professional status with. So you have to materially participate in the rental real estate activities. And if you can materially participate, there's seven tests. You only have to meet one of the tests. But if you can meet one of those tests, then your rental losses will be non-passive and you can use those non-passive losses, non-passive rental losses to offset your non-passive business income. And then that's where the syndication stuff gets wild because that's where if you're listening to the last episode where we put $100,000 into a deal, we got a $90,000 tax loss back and it was passive. Well, if I'm a real estate professional 
And if I materially participate in my own rental portfolio, or in your case, if my wife is sponsoring syndication deals, then I can count her material participation in those deals. I don't have to personally go and do it. My wife can do it. I've already qualified as a real estate professional, so my wife can meet the material participation test. And now I can group all of my rental activities together into one. So from a passive investor perspective, that $90,000 tax loss is now non-passive. And now I can use it to offset my business income. And then from your perspective, if, if your husband is the broker and he's the real estate professional and you're doing all these syndication deals, then he's going to be a real estate professional. Actually, you're probably real. You, I don't know about your facts and circumstances, but you might be a real estate professional too. But the point is, is that you're materially participating in the rental activities. So together, you are likely creating a lot of non-passive losses that you can use to offset the broker income. Let's clarify here that... And I'm I'm doing this own clarification for myself, probably as much as everyone else. You need to have something that you are actively engaged in. So yes. I am an active real estate investor. I am on general partnerships. I that is my that's my gig. And so that's why we can recharacterize and we can utilize that. But if I were back in the day, mid-20s, you know, Julie, that was just a real estate professional, real estate agent. And and I was a professional. No, I wasn't. I needed to have something such as maybe a single family home, a condo, a duplex. And does it need to be, it could be industrial. It could be office space. Like mm-hmm. it could be a myriad of things, but I have to actively be part of it. Yes. Yeah, so, so let's say that I'm 25 years old. I'm a real estate agent. And that's all I do. I'm going to be a real estate professional. But in order to make any of my rental activity losses non-passive, in order to move it out of the passive bucket and into the non-passive bucket, I have to materially participate in my rental activities. And so if all I do is put $100,000 into a syndication, I can't materially participate in the syndication. So it's still going to be passive, even though I'm a real estate professional as a real estate agent that syndication tax loss is still going to be passive. It's going to be stuck in that passive bucket and it's going to be carried forward. So the strategy is to effectively buy my own rental real estate. I might buy one, two, or three single family homes. I'm going to self-manage those single family homes. I'm going to do so to the tune of 500 hours a year among all three of them. 500 hours is one of the seven material participation tests that I mentioned. So I'm going to meet that material participation test And then I'm going to go make that syndication investment because now all the losses generated from my three rentals and the syndication investment will be non-passive because I'm a real estate professional. And I I met one of those seven material participation tests, the 500-hour test in this example. I spent 500 hours managing my three rentals. So you're absolutely right. You do have to self-manage, ideally self-manage or have a really large portfolio if you're not self-managing your rental real estate in order to make this work. Because you know something that we like to point out is being a real estate professional, and it's great if you want to pat on the back, that's awesome. Doesn't help you from a tax perspective unless you materially participate in your own rental portfolio. Okay, I love the number three. It's hands down my favorite number. I realized that <laughs> <laughs> probably in 2021, really. Um, so I'm three keys investments is my company. And three is a very oddly special number I've learned as I've discussed the number three. So I love that you were like, yeah, you need to, you know, you have your three rentals, but do we have to have three, 
can I have one? Could I have, have one? Just as long as I have those hours. And yeah. so, you know, here's what I'm thinking. I mean, I like to press easy on life, <laughs> you know, <laughs> buy that single family, rent it out, buy the condo, rent it out to a family friend or something like that, you know, rent it out to grandma, rent it out to, you know, <laughs> and now it's taken care of and you know who's living there and maybe it's even someone that you're a caregiver for and you just buy something and rent it out to them and boom. It can work. It can work. The question though is how will you hit the the material participation test, one of those seven tests that you must hit in order to make this strategy work. And those tests are all about the hours that you spend managing the property. So if I rent this out to my grandma, who I know is gonna take great great care of the property, then my hours are probably gonna tank. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time managing it. And that might actually jeopardize my ability to prove okay. that I materially participated in the activities. So everything though is, anything can, you can change your facts and circumstances on the fly. This is actually where we do most of our tax planning around with our clients is, this specific topic um, because it's just so there's a lot of different ways to cut it. That is really interesting. Okay. So if you're listening to this and you're a residential agent, you're involved in real estate, high five, you're a professional in the sense of you are professionally interacting and engaging, but you are not a real estate professional according to the IRS when it comes to, you know, recharacterizing your losses. So you want to look into this. Are there any other ways aside from picking up a rental? Someone's listening and they're, they're saying, hey, I, I really want to do this. I want to recharacterize. I want to reduce my income. Um, but I don't, I don't want to be a landlord. Is there another way some, and, and I don't want to be a syndicate, like you, I don't want to be a syndicator like you, Julie. <laughs> so is there another way that you see people, you know, covering that active participation piece? Um, if you don't want to be a landlord, it gets pretty difficult to, uh, you can invest in syndications, but the losses will probably be suspended. Uh, you know, one of the things that you could do, if you earn less than $150,000, there's a $25,000 passive loss allowance. So you don't have to be like materially participating in these rentals. You just have to earn less than 150K. You have to own at least 10% stake and you have to be actively involved. And if you do that, uh, then you can claim some of those rental losses. You can move some of the rental losses out of the passive bucket and into the non-passive bucket without having to do anything crazy. So less than 150K, uh, you own 10% and you are actively involved. So if you don't want to be a landlord, um, then that's not going to be a possibility either. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of deciding how much exposure you want to real estate. So if your day job is real estate, maybe you don't want any more real estate exposure and you just invest in equities and call it a day. Um, or you can invest in syndications and you can do that rolling over strategy that we were kind of talking about on last episode where you just keep reinvesting, reinvesting. From the business side, there's a lot of things that you can do. Like you can set up a solo 401k or a self-directed IRA. And you can shelter a lot of money that way. There's a lot of other things you can do on the business side as well, um, which would probably be an entirely new episode. <laughs> it would be, but I, I have a feeling that you cover that over on your podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and probably cover it in extensive detail. So, cause we've been going super high level, just trying to get people because guess what? 
everyone listening is going to go over and they're going to say, wow, I need to learn more about taxes. And they're going to head over to the Real Estate (laughs) CPA podcast. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate this. I know that, uh, you know, the taxes that real estate agents, real estate professionals face are, they can be a lot, you know, the self-employment tax, you know, the social security, the this and that. And, and you need to have a strategy in place to offset that. You don't have to be hit that hard. And really, once my husband and I were hit really hard with that, it was a matter of how do we never have this ever happen mm-hmm. again, never again in our life. <laughs> so, you know, there are strategies. You don't have to learn the painful way. You can, you know, connect up with Brandon. You can, you know, find what and and actually, you know, maybe that's not I'm like, maybe that's not who you want, um, but maybe you have you're going to start a new division. And you're going to start a new branch of your company. You're welcome for this strategy. (laughs) And you're going to serve real estate professionals. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, look, like we, so so at the real estate CPA, um, I I will admit it's expensive to be one of our clients, but uh, but one of my partners, Tom, who's also on the podcast with me, he's my co-host. He and I, like our our mission is to, is to help as many real estate investors as possible uh, knowing full well that they're not going to be able to all be our clients, which is why we started that taxmartinvestors.com site. The whole purpose there is let us be your advisor uh, and you can use whoever you want for tax preparation because tax preparation is where, where the relationship can really go downhill uh, as we <laughs> have personally learned in our own, in our own business uh, if you don't intentionally structure your firm to be transactional in nature. And we we value relationships. We're really good at relationships, and so we're trying to basically say, like, yeah, we, we can we can be the advisor. We can help guide. We can help you help arm you with questions to ask your own CPA, whoever prepares your own tax returns. Um, and you can probably get all that done for a fraction of the cost compared to working working with us full time for everything. So go check out the website um, and go check out the courses and go check out the podcast and you know just dive deep into this because if you are paying any particular amount, and I will say that because there are so many strategies to reduce your tax liability and exposure. And so educating yourself is going to be the most powerful way to find that financial freedom and to be able to use your own money. That's your money to go invest, to grow wealth for your, um, for your, whatever it is that you want to grow wealth for. (laughs) Absolutely. Awesome. Brandon, would you just drop that, uh, remind us once again of the website where they can go and learn about um, your tax strategy class group yeah. that you have? Yeah. So it's it's taxsmartinvestors.com. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no problem. And in our website, the, the, the firm's website is therealestatecpa.com. And if you go there, you'll see our podcast and, uh, and some educational guides and things like that as well. So both of those websites will serve you really well. And whatever you pay to have somebody prepare uh, and to help you and to help strategize and things like that, any amount that you are paying is going to more than uh, offset. I mean, it's well worth your investing. You actually end up saving money. So mm-hmm. remember, think in your head, I, I spend money to save money. It's counterintuitive, but it's reality. So um, Brandon, thank you so much for diving deep into well, we didn't really dive deep, but giving us like enough to where people are hungry for more and they're going to rush over to your podcast and your website. <laughs> Thank you, Julie, for having me. I really appreciate it. And to all my awesome listeners, live big, love bigger. 
Overwhelmed trying to figure out what book you should read next? Head over to julieholly.com and download the best books reading list. I've personally read the books I'm recommending for adults and kids ages eight and older, and you can get a sneak peek even as to the books I'm considering reading next. Download this list and dive into your next best book. Head over to julieholly.com to download the list and dive into your next best book.